0: W X D X F M Pittsburgh Ben, the guy who screws up on the road inexplicably, Road Ben stayed at home. Home Ben, well, Home Ben went out on tour. The first stop was Tampa Bay, and it was double live gonzo, live at Budokan, strangers in the night, live and dangerous. Let's make no mistake, Ben Roethlisberger is the Steelers' best player, and their most important player. And as Ben goes, so go the Steelers. Ben is so good under pressure, both literally and figuratively. And last night, Ben was under lots of pressure, and he delivered. Ben made a throw in the second half when he scrambled out of trouble and made a throw across his body to Juju. Only one quarterback could have made that play, and he wears number seven for Pittsburgh. The Steelers' defense almost blew it. Admit it, you were worried, but the Steelers needed a win in the worst way, and in some respects, that is exactly what they got. This is the Mark Man Show. Hail to Ben, the Hall of Famer, the two-time, two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever Can I get an amen? 412 is the number to call. 412-333-WXDX. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. How about Vance McDonald with the double-shot stiff arm? That looked like Ali dropping Foreman in Zaire. It was only Monday, and Conte got a two for Tuesday. A right, and then a better right. Hey, who ordered roadkill? After that, Tampa turned into Tampa. Fitz Magic turned into Fitz Crap, although he rallied a bit in the second half. But it was all about the Ben. All about number seven. The best Steeler quarterback ever. The second best Steeler of all time. The best anybody else could win on this Steeler team is best supporting actor. Ben is Marlon Brando in the Godfather. Uh, The game was fun to watch, but it was nuts. You got 13 more penalties by the Steelers. 12 the first week, 12 the second week, 13 last night. You got the stiff arm around the world. You got James Conner with an inspired fourth quarter and some downhill running. You got four takeaways by a Steeler defense that was lousy otherwise, but that's okay. Splash plays are key. When Bud Dupree got a pick six, I thought the referee should have jumped in and stopped the fight. Just stepped in front of Fitzmagic and wave your arms and say this one's over. I mean, Bud Dupree. F F S. I am 3-0 picking against the spread in Steeler games. Really, I'm 4-0. Because I also said take the over. And so it did come to pass. So let's hear from Yins about the Steelers and about the majesty, the absolute majesty. See the power. See the power of Ben Roethlisberger. Let's talk about James Conner, too. I think there's an FCC rule that dictates you must use the term cancer survivor whenever you mention James Conner on TV. It's kind of ironic because Le'Veon Bell is a different kind of cancer. Much less damaging, but still very annoying. That was an extremely entertaining game. It's a good thing it wasn't five minutes longer. It's 30-13 and Tampa scores. It's 30-20 and Tampa scores. And you're like, oh man, here we go again. Just like Cleveland. And to be fair, even though the Steelers defense stunk up the joint in the second half, they got that stop at the very end. Three and out, and that is all the people need to know. Tampa secondary sucks. Maybe worse than the Steelers' secondary, which, my God, that should be a felony. And then I realized why Tampa secondary sucks. They got a pit guy back there, Jordan Whitehead. He's a rookie. He's going to be okay. He's just not long enough removed from blowhard and Arduzzi yet. The Pirates won. They're three games over 500 and three wins away from clinching being over 500. I'm not sure that's good. The Pirates' ownership and management might think that finishing over 500 is good enough to fool you into thinking this team, as is, can contend. But it can't. It needs help. A lot of pitchers are having great years. If you're expecting them to all have the same level year next year, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. And here's the convoluted logic of a typical Pirate fan. Well, Trevor Williams had his first good year ever, so he'll be at least that good, if not better. Jamison Tyon, coming on strong, he'll be the number one starter. You're kind on Williams and Tyon, and even Musgrove, although I think Musgrove is tougher than he is good, You're counting on all those guys to do the same. But Chris Archer, who hasn't been very good for a few years now, oh, no problem, he'll be way better. Why wouldn't you think he would do the same as well? Tyon was brilliant again last night. The key next year is Archer needs to become the Archer of old. Archer and Tyon as a one-two punch at the top of the rotation would be pretty good. Williams and Musgrove at the bottom... That's okay if Williams can do next year what he did this year. Well, well, put it this way. If Williams can do that, repeat, this season, Archer just has to get some better. And like I said, Musgrove is a bit overrated. He's okay, but he's more tough than he is stuff. I got to get some Penns talk going. I can't wait for that to start, but the Steelers will dominate today. No question. Juju had another big game. I wonder what's going to happen if Juju keeps outperforming Antonio Brown. They might be friends now and dance in those Pizza Hut commercials. But nobody out pizzas the Hut and nobody outstats Antonio Brown. Don't forget, people, Larry Zabisco turned on Bruno Sammartino. Zabisco... Turned on Bruno. Well, Bill Cosby's sensing hearing has taken place. And Cosby got jail time. Jail time. Three to ten years. You know, I missed the episode of the Cosby Show where Dr. Huxtable got raped in prison. 412 333 We have a fabulous show prepared today. At 3.30, Jeremy Fowler. He covers the Steelers and the NFL for ESPN.com. And at 4.30, the godfather of Pittsburgh radio, TV, sports media in general, really. It's Stan Saver, and that's at 4.30 right here on the X. We have just got a a ton to talk about. Last night's game has so many ancillary storylines. That uh, I'm worried we may not have time to get to them all. Well, of course we do. It's a three hour friggin' show, much to my chagrin. But, but here's some things we've got to consider all those penalties. Can you win taking all those penalties? I mean, you can. They did last night, but they won't win enough taking all those penalties. Chris Boswell's a problem. His performance is a problem. That's definitely worth discussing. Artie Burns barely played last night. And Artie got lit up like a downtown Christmas tree. He played something like 25 snaps. And just got fried, died, and laid to the side. a a A couple times that were pretty obvious and probably a few more on top of that. And I know he forced a fumble. But that's like typical of the Steeler defense. You got the splash plays last night, the four takeaways, but burn upon burn upon burn upon burn. And last night, the splash plays outweighed the burns, and you beat a team, finished picked to finish last in the NFC South by three points after blowing a 30-10 to 10 lead. I'm not sure the Steelers, I keep hearing the phrase back on track. I'm not sure I say just yet that they are back on track. What do you think? 412333WXDX? Three, 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 uh, in a moment, I'll talk about the notion that the Steelers are back on track, and we'll talk about Chris Boswell. His numbers, I mean, they just suck. Wait, Tomlin, here's the Tomlin talking about the penalties today. We're in the sports entertainment business. Has anybody told Vince McMahon? Quote, it is worrisome from the fan perspective. Now hold it. Are you saying the refs are screwing up by calling too many penalties? That your amount of penalties is acceptable because the refs are calling too many? Yo, here's the thing, Coach Tomlin. The referees probably are calling too many penalties this year, especially with that roughing the passer nonsense. But if they're calling too many penalties, they're calling too many penalties in every game. And the Steelers have taken more penalties than any team in the league, penalized for more yardage than any team in the league. I swear, Tomlin must think that all of you are stupid because he said stuff that can so easily be blown up and he just keeps saying them over and over again. 105.9 The X.
1: And now, the super
0: genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. it was going Mark? Hi. Super genius. It's a good buddy. Ask shape from XRVW. Woo! The X at 105.9. Tonight, I'll be at the Palace Theater in Greensburg to see Randy Bachman. Ex, Guess Who, X Bachman, Turner Overdrive. He does those storyteller type of shows where he does all the songs, has a full band, but he talks about the origin of the song and where the band he was in was at at the time the song was recorded. And yesterday I had breakfast with Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. It was weird because I think I ate too much. They ate 25% of the food and... Most people I have lunch or breakfast with eat 40%. Uh, Steelers with a, I'm not sure it's a big win last night. It's, it's a win anyway, and much needed. Got to beat Baltimore Sunday night, though. Division foe, Baltimore's 2-1. and one. When you start at 0-1-1, your season's not screwed. But the games in the near future become more magnified. You might think, well, if they lose, they're still 1-2-1, and one. they can claw back. Yeah, but Baltimore's 3-1 and one then, with the win over you. So Sunday night at home against Baltimore is a huge game. I was extremely entertained by last night's game. I was extremely entertained by uh, the comeback made by Fitzmagic and Tampa Bay from Thirty to ten to thirty to thirteen to thirty to twenty to thirty to twenty seven. And then the Steeler defense got a stop late. And even though the Steeler defense was its usual putrid self, especially in the second half, at least it got the stop it needed. And if the defense can do that on a relatively consistent basis, well at least that would be something. Something to go along with the four takeaways last night. I want to talk about the penalties. Cause the Steelers have taken thirty seven penalties. On the season. 12-12 and 13. 13 last night. They lead the league in penalties taken. And uh, penalty yardage as well. And you got stuff like special teams jabroni Darius Hayward-Bay. The ninth string wide receiver. He takes a 15 yard on sportsman like penalty. At a crucial 4th quarter junction last night. Jordan Dangerfield drew a flag on the opening kickoff. The Steelers' discipline and focus are almost non-existent. How can the distractions and turmoil not be contributing to that? And the distractions and turmoil, when, you know, players yell at coaches on the sideline, when they yell at each other, when one doesn't show up for Monday meetings but gets to play anyway, that lack of discipline and focus trickles down throughout the entire roster. For example, Two absolute scrubs in Hayward Bay and Dangerfield who are lucky to have jobs in the league, let alone on a good team like the Steelers, commit infractions like that. I will say Big Ben did throw his helmet last night because he was upset Antonio Braun didn't look to him on a route, wasn't watching, which means AB effed up the route, which seems to be happening more and more. But Ben apologized to the media for having done so right afterward, and that's the difference between Ben and Antonio Braun, who has yet to admit he did anything wrong when he yelled at Fickner and when he no showed the meetings this past Monday. Uh there were four roughing the passer penalties in last night's game. That's thirty-four roughing the passer penalties called in the league after three weeks. Sixteen were called in the first three weeks last year, so that's Uh, doubling down and then some from 2017. Richard Sherman, the big moth who also plays cornerback for uh, San Francisco, he tweeted, they don't care about the rest of us getting hurt long as the QB is safe, unquote. Well, Richard, you are exactly right. How smart of you to figure that out. You never sold a ticket, and quarterbacks do. So shut your mouth and know your role. A defensive end for Miami, William Hayes, he allegedly tore an ACL trying to adjust while tackling the quarterback to not use his full body weight like the new rule says. First off, that kind of dumb because if it came down to taking a 15-yard penalty or mangling my knee beyond repair, I'd probably just take the 15 yards. Maybe they wouldn't call it that time. But at any rate, too friggin' bad boo-hoo for William Hayes because no one ever bought a ticket to see William Hayes either. I do think the new rule goes a bit too far. But I understand. Quarterbacks sell. Quarterbacks are money. Maybe they really should put flags on the quarterbacks. Don't tackle them ever. Just rip off the flag. We can always count on Vince Williams for words of wisdom. And last night was no exception. Bince said regarding all the roughing the passer penalties, quote, it is what it is. I am going to continue to hit quarterbacks as hard as I can, and we are going to let the chips fall where they may, unquote. What a Rhodes Scholar, a super genius maybe. I'm not sure if Bince's IQ has been tested, but that is the talk that a super genius is made of, or maybe it's why the Steelers are the most penalized team in the league. Up next, going to talk to Jeremy Fowler. He covers the Steelers and the NFL for ESPN.com. we got Ben, Pete, and Jeremy. That's another Jeremy on hold. We'll get to you soon, too. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? In and out like the psychotic version of the hokey pokey. Mark, you are a super genius. I know. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the program. He covers the Steelers in the NFL for ESPN.com. It's Jeremy Fowler. Uh, Jeremy, the Steelers beat Tampa last night, but is it premature to say they're back on track? That was a pretty narrow victory, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it is premature, Mark. I mean, you look at the offense. I mean, they just played the two worst defenses in the league statistically Tampa Bay and Kansas City. So, you know, the offense is high. I- the offense has created an identity for itself. It's got about seven guys that can get the ball. It's not all about A.B. and Ben right now. He's spreading the ball around well. So those are positive. And, you know, the, it, the defense at least played to its identity, right? It's, it's not going to hold teams to 50 yards a game. But it can get sacks. It can get turnovers. That's what it did all last year. That's why it stayed effective, even though it was bleeding in the secondary a lot of games. So it's ugly when they don't get those two things done, but last night they did
0: No, you're you're right on the money, although I had the sinking feeling if that game's five minutes longer that that Tampa wins because Pittsburgh and that defense started to have big issues in the second half.
1: Yeah, they did. It was looking bleak there, but they got the three and out, and then the Steelers were moving the ball down the field, so that would have been interesting. I think they would have at least, well, I I would say they would get a field goal, but I I don't know. That's a sure bet right now, but I think they would have at least scored on that last drive they had. Make it interesting.
0: Yeah, they killed the game on the last Tampa possession, and on their last possession. So, full credit for that. Now, how about Vance McDonald's stiff arm on that seventy-five yard touchdown, Jeremy? Uh, was that a wake-up call for the Steelers?
1: Well, they needed some life. I mean, I think they were they were down twenty-eight to nothing in first quarters this season up to that point. And then, if you go back to the Jacksonville game last year, that was another fourteen to zero deficit in the first quarter. So, just really flat every game. And so they just needed something positive to happen, and it was kind of shocking after the game talking to McDonald of just uh, how blunt he was about the moment. He's like, "I just wanted to punish him. I was looking for the guy's temple, and I was going to hit it as hard as I could." He just—he's sort of a throwback love contact type of tight end, and, and you know he gives them another dimension with, with his athleticism. He can match up with speedy linebackers, and he can do that
0: well. More of that, please, to be sure. At least until they legislated out of the game for safety's sake. Now. Ben was pretty good, wasn't he? And, Jeremy, on the road, no less. That's about time for number seven.
1: Yeah, it was. he had three touchdowns by the half, and that was his first three-touchdown game on the road since week 12 of 2016. I mean, you've seen a lot of those games where it's, you know, one touchdown, maybe one interception, maybe a decent yardage, pushing 300, but not like it is at Hines Field where he can get those 450-yard games, get it going. But this felt like a home game for him. I don't know if they figured out like the uh the cadence or when they run their no huddle offense or just the rhythm of the game or maybe just the bucks weren't all that great but but Roethlisberger was i mean he he was near flawless in that first half he was pretty unbelievable the best road game I've seen from him uh, uh in a, really in the last few years and so he's and yeah you know, he said it himself he's not forcing the ball to a b it's like a b had nine targets and it was still Uh, that wasn't glaring at all. It wasn't like A.B. needed the ball more, even though he's going to have that game eventually where it goes off. But he was just throwing the ball to seven or eight different guys, and and everybody was comfortable.
0: We're talking to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, James Conner isn't as good as Bell. I mean, he's just not. But he seems a good fit with that Steeler offense, perhaps, and he sure got it done in the fourth quarter, didn't he?
1: Yeah, those two runs, 27 yards and nine yards in, in uh, late in that fourth, they needed that big time. And really they had gotten nothing on the run over the last seven quarters dating back to the Kansas City game. And so, you know, Roblesberger put it on himself to, to pass the ball well uh, and not turn it over, and he's done that the last two games. But you've you got to keep defenses honest. And, you know, w- with Connor, you just don't know if he can have those bell type of games where you say, okay, we are going to set the tempo and give you the ball 30 times and get it done. You know, he did great against Cleveland and did some of that. Uh, Bell had that, has that presence about him. We don't know if Connor will eventually work into that, but as a pass catcher, uh, he's better than I thought. Um, he's on pace, I think for 80 catches. You know, he looks really comfortable catching the ball, finding the flat spots there and, and, and being available. And so that, that's been a nice development that, you know, maybe he really didn't do much of it pit as much as he is now, but, but he's worked into that nicely. Do you think the
0: Steelers have moved on from Le'Veon Bell? And, and how's that going to play out?
1: I, I think they moved on. I think the marriage is pretty much over. You know, you look at – I mean, Bell's gone dark. He's not – you know, that nobody's really talked to him much, or at least he's keeping his circle really, really tight right now. Not on social media as much as he usually is, but you've seen some of the videos um, – you know, he's he's at, he's having release parties. He doesn't really look like a guy who's ready to play football right now. And even if he gets himself ready by week 11, which is when he needs to sign in time to play at all this year on that franchise tag. So if he doesn't sign by week 11, he can't play. Um, you know, who knows the dynamic of the team? It's, it's who knows uh, how they're playing. I mean, I'd like to think they would welcome an all-pro at any time, but um, – You know, things change, and and, the identity of the offense can change, and I don't know how he would really fit at that point. He's talented enough to make himself fit. Uh, But to me it seems pretty clear that he's either holding out the the whole year to just get to March, hoping that the team doesn't franchise tag him in the offseason again, or that there's some trade that works out. But then even then, if he gets traded, he still has to sign that tender to get traded and has to play games for a new team before a new deal can commence by February or March. So it's just so complicated. He, he's just in such a weird spot um, until something pops, and right now nothing has. Well, Jeremy, I don't
0: think he's coming in at all. I think he's conning that the Steelers won't want to go through this mess again next year and we'll just just cut him. And furthermore, if he comes in uh, at Week 11, fat and out of shape like we see in these videos, that could be an even more toxic situation then if he didn't come in.
1: Yeah, that, that would be a whole other situation. Because you know, my comment, and I don't think he's just saying this is lip service, he said from the beginning, it's, it's a two-step process. Le'Veon's got to show up one, and when he does, we'll evaluate, assess his conditioning. And that will be a big part of it. Are you ready to play? And if not, how long do you need to be a contributor? And so maybe he comes in and still needs a few more weeks, and you're looking at week 13, week 14, and uh, yeah, it, it just feels like both sides have moved on right now. Unless um, unless he comes fairly soon, you know, I just I, even if it's a week eleven thing to come and, and, and get the paychecks, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I just don't know how that would shake out logistically.
0: Now you touched on this before, Jeremy, but why are Antonio Brown's stats down? Uh, Juju has much better numbers after three games.
1: Well, yeah. You know, really it's coming down to – Brown's still got 42 targets, so it's not like Ben's not looking at him. But this game in particular, it seemed like he wasn't forcing the ball to Brown and that Brown's still commanding those double teams. I mean, especially early in the year, teams are designed to try to stop his big plays in particular. You know, his biggest gain is 27 yards this year. And so Smith, uh, Smith-Schuster is getting matched up on really a number two cornerback, either in the slot – or on the outside, and when these defenses already aren't very good, you know, he should be able to win those matchups, and to his credit, he's winning them very consistently, but uh, I I do think if he gets maybe some double-team help because of what he's done the first three games, that opens things up for Brown, then you have some serious balance going on in Brown to have one of his signature games. So, you know, I I don't think the ability uh, has gone away at all at age 30. I mean, you know, I watched him all camp, he looks as explosive as ever, but you did see Late in that game, third down play. I want to say five, you know, four or five minutes left in the in the fourth quarter. Roethlisberger threw it toward the sideline deep. Brown looked like he kept going. It just looked like a miscommunication. They've had a few of those this year where they're just not getting the big plays in sync. You know, those sideline routes. uh, You know, they've run those hundreds of times, really in their sleep. Those deep outs and things like that. I I haven't seen as many of those, and that's something I'd like to get, you know, maybe a little more clarity on because those are those are plays that they've done you know, recycled over time, hundreds of times.
0: Jeremy, the Steelers took 13 penalties. That's a league-high 37 after three games. A few of them last night were really, really dumb. And that problem shows no signs of stopping, does it?
1: No, I want to say they're pushing 40 penalties through three games. Yeah, 37, to be exact. 37, yeah. It's, it's way over any other team. I mean, the, the disparity is, is pretty clear right now. So... Um, you know, I think one area that really worries Tomlin too is, is special teams. You know, they've had a few of those. Um, you know, a guy like Darius Hayward Bay, who's probably their best special teams player pound for pound. When he's getting two penalties like that, then, you know, there might be, it might be a microcosm of a bigger issue that needs to be fixed here pretty quickly and tightened up. Uh, you know, the defense, you'll take some of those penalties when guys are playing hard, although there's still just some of those mental miscues, you know, Sean Davis. Uh, who had a, an active game, plays really hard, but then you go and push the guy in the sideline, get a penalty like that where you just – those are easy to avoid. And so I think that, you know, that when Tomlin says he wants them to play cleaner, that's what he means.
0: Well, I always hear from, from Steeler apologists that all the turmoil and distraction doesn't affect them on the field. But I look at all those penalties, and I can't help but wonder about the trickle-down.
1: Yeah, it's possible. And I still think like that's hard to quantify, right? I mean, you, oh, correct. You, you talk to guys and, and, whether it's team leaders or younger players and just try to gauge the pulse of things. And, and they do seem like a very measured locker room, to, to, you know, despite how the sky is always falling uh, on the outside. Um, and so you, you know, you try to get to the root of it a little bit. Uh, it really seemed like there were maybe, despite the bell situation and the AB situation this year, it almost seemed like there were more issues last year because of that lot, the, uh, week three national anthem deal was very divisive. Like that was tangibly divisive for at least a week, a uh, couple with the Gatorade cooler kicking by a B and it just, it's it sort of for two weeks there snowballed pretty ugly. This has been a little different. I haven't, you know, it's more just, you know, Brown had his incident They all decided not to show up. So it, it sort of is what it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, these players swear by Mike Tomlin. I mean, every guy you talked to in that locker room, they swear by him. So, um, you know, it's, it's, they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. that that over time, the team always peaks at some point uh, during the year.
0: Chris Boswell got a pretty good contract, and now he's not kicking very well. How can the Steelers address that?
1: Well, they can't. I mean, that's the thing. Well, they can only address it in-house by just trying to encourage him. I mean, that's clearly the approach that Tomlin's taking, supporting him publicly both last night, well, uh, this morning, early this morning after the game, and then today at his press conference saying Boswell is our guy. You know, they signed him to a four year deal worth nearly 20 million. You can't get out of that cap hit right now. It would just, it would be a colossal waste of money. Um, and I don't think they want to, you know, they still think he's better than the alternatives. I mean, he had a hell of a two and a half year stretch. And so they're figuring, yeah, he had, he had the one field goal last night where I was watching it from the press box. My vantage point, it looked like he kicked it really confidently. Um, but then his next kick looks shaky, so it's just a matter of getting his consistency down um, and and getting him hot again.
0: And finally, Jeremy, uh, Baltimore visits Pittsburgh Sunday night. The Ravens are 2-1. That game has some ramifications, doesn't it? I I think if you're the Steelers trying to climb the ladder after a, a relatively bad start, you don't want to lose a home game to a team you might have to battle with for the division title.
1: Yeah, especially right now, what are you technically tied with the Browns for, for last place in the AFC North? Um, and so, you know, I, I know it's early, but these, these seasons can, can slip away sometimes if there are teams in your division that are much improved. I think the Ravens and the Bengals are exactly that and, and to a lesser extent, the Browns. And so, you know, it's not going to be one of those seasons where you can win 11 games, but you happen to benefit from your down division, which they kind of had that luxury last two for 3 years. And you know the Bengals are what they are and they are going to be unpredictable, but the the Ravens do look like a different team and maybe they've figured out their identity on offense, figured out that receiving core a little bit more stabilized it. Um and then the defense still has its playmakers and so I I you know, if if there is another shootout in Heinz Field like there was last year, I think the Ravens will be a little more equipped than they were a year ago.
0: Jeremy, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time and I hope we talk again soon. Anytime, Mark. Thanks, man. That's Jeremy Fowler. Check out his fine work at ESPN.com. Up next, I'm going to be a buzzkill about the Steelers' win last night, and we're going to talk about Artie Burns, or should I say Artie Burns. You can flip him over. He's done on this side. 105.9, X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. And his drink, smoked pot, figured if he showed up, we have wreck. It gave him a better shot at getting most improved. DX at 105.9. Well, the Steelers finally won. Yay! Steelers win! Yay! But it was against the team picked by most to finish last in the NFC South. The Steelers faced a backup quarterback, albeit one that was red hot. The Steelers nearly blew a 20-point lead. The Steelers are 1-1-1 and when many thought they should be 3-0 and have a point differential of minus 2. It's almost mathematically impossible to be any more 500. So the time for rejoicing is not yet upon us. There's still plenty of work to be done, and it starts Sunday night at home against Baltimore in a game that will affect where the team's finish at season's end. I guarantee it will. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Vance McDonald just posted a great photo on Twitter of his stiff arm on Chris Conte. If the Steelers do go on to bigger and better, that punishing double-shot stiff arm on the way to a 75-yard first-quarter touchdown, which kind of stemmed what Jeremy Fowler correctly noted to be another Steelers' slow start, those have become prevalent, boy, dating back for a couple years now, that stiff arm and that touchdown may be remembered as a moment of coalescence. Coalescence, Google it, look it up. Do some homework, become smarter. And poor Chris Conte. The Tampa Bay safety left the game with a knee injury. He got stiff-armed in the melon. you normally think boom, boom, out go the lights. But the vibrations traveled south from his head and blew out his knee. Wow. Now that is a stiff Stiff arm. Like Vance McDonald said, his goal was to quote, "just punish him, inflict as much force on him as possible." Unquote. Mission accomplished, mon ami. Mission accomplished. Let's go to Sam on the south side. Sam, you're on with double, double M. M. Super genius. How's it going? Didn't I hang up on you yesterday? No, 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 don't hang up on me. I've been on quite a little bender here since the successful evening down there in Tampa Bay. You were kind of bringing me down a little bit. You didn't bit go to Tampa Bay. I... You're too broke to go to Tampa Bay. You're a like Southside Yinzer. You might have been at Chupka's last night, but not not Tampa Bay. Let's go to Jeremy in Dormont. Jeremy. Hey, Mark.
1: How you doing? Big fan. Thank you. I got a question about Juju. I was listening to you on your show maybe a week before the regular season started. It sounded like you weren't too hot on Juju. Uh, you said you, you think he dances too much. He's not focused. Has your opinion changed at all over these first three weeks of the season? He's been putting up some pretty good numbers.
0: Yeah, three weeks isn't going to change my opinion that he's. I don't know if I want to say he's too flamboyant, that he has too much fun, that he dances too much, although. I don't think he realized how bad all the dancing makes him look.
1: I love the dances. Fortnite. Great game.
0: Oh yeah, that's because you're a young punk. Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. I might be a punk, but I'm not young. How old are you?
0: 29. You're a young punk. Bye now. Let's see what he wins. Let's see what he does in big situations. I don't think the dancing flatters him at all. That's become his trademark. Google Jim Brown, the greatest football player ever, and see what he thinks of black athletes dancing by way of celebration. And see what Jim Brown thinks white people think of that. Juju Smith Shooter has had a marvelous start to a season, but I never said he wasn't a good player. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine 99 39 In just 30 seconds... We're going to talk about the worst announcer in the history of Monday Night Football. And then we'll talk more about the Juju AB dynamic. And we'll talk about Chris Boswell, who stinks right now. 105.9 X.